Welcome to In the Middle, the podcast from Hopkinton Middle School. My name is Alan Keller. I'm principal at HMS. Thank you for joining me once again. This is the December episode. And uh, in this episode, we are going to be joined uh, in its entirety by uh, Pat Allen, who is our media literacy teacher at Hopkinton Middle School. She's in her first year uh, joining us as a teacher. Last year, she was a robotics coach, uh, coaching our robotics teams. Uh, ultimately leading to uh, a couple of the teams going to the national competition in Kentucky. So I wanted to have the opportunity to talk to her and learn a little bit about um, her road and her path to Hopkinton Middle School in terms of being a classroom teacher, uh, but also what's happening in robotics, which is really exciting. This year we're having unprecedented uh, rates of students participating in our robotics programs. As you'll hear from her, uh, we have almost 100 students uh, participating, and they ha- they doubled their amount of teams. So both her and Doug Scott, who's the engineering subject matter leader at the high school, have been working really hard to, to grow the program and continue to improve it. Uh, and so I think you'll appreciate hearing from Pat on robotics as well as her work with media literacy. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, appreciate your time. So I wanted to talk about this is your first year at Hopkinson Middle School in this capacity. Um, how's it going so far? Well, it's been very exciting. Uh, I, I've really enjoyed getting to know all the students in a much more personal way, uh, everyday way. Um, it's a little bit nerve-wracking with the change of terms and getting a whole new cycle of 7th and 8th graders. By the end of the year, I'll have all 7th and 8th graders. So another third of the names and personalities that I get to um, meet and see on a weekly basis. So overall, it's been really exciting to be part of the staff on more of a permanent basis. Yeah. Well, I know that we've been uh, very excited to have you. And uh, it's something we talked about last year when you were coaching our robotics team. And when the opportunity uh, presented itself, uh, we were excited to have you apply and uh, welcome you into the Hopkinton Middle School community in a a formal fashion. So I don't know that people understand that. So you talked about the trimester turning over. So um, for those people that don't understand how that works from a related arts teacher perspective. So you had a third of the uh, seventh and eighth graders in trimester one, right? Yes. And so now you're being introduced to and connecting with the second third Yes. Uh, of that. And then, yeah. And that has some pros and cons. It has, obviously, the con is having to get to know all of those names all over again, get to know new faces, and um, being able to relate to another third of the seventh and eighth grade students. Um, the pro is I get to tweak my curriculum. I get to figure out what really went well last term, uh, what students enjoyed doing last term, do a little bit more of that, um, and maybe try and make sure that whatever I'm doing keeps students engaged and excited about media literacy. And that's one of the things. So if I remember correctly, and I probably (laughs) should know this, but I think it's 25 class sessions ultimately, right, that you wind up... 24, uh, 25. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, I think that's one of the strengths. I think, A, I think related arts in general is one of the strengths of Hopkinton Middle School. The number of offerings, the diverse collection of offerings that we have, and uh, the teachers themselves, I think, is, is a tremendous strength. And, and the other piece that I think is really uh, remarkable is that our related arts teachers, now you're only teaching 7th and 8th grade because in grade 6, instead of media literacy, students are taking a guidance seminar, and I know that you know that, but for our listeners <laughs> that may not know that. Um, but the majority of our related arts teachers are um, teaching grade 6, 7, and 8. So yes. those teachers and you now teaching both 7th and 8th grade really get to know the kids and mm-hmm. know them for their three years, or in your case, the two years. And so I think that's a really strong 
um, component, whereas the academic teachers only know them for one year. Granted, they see them around in the hallways, but you really get that opportunity to see the growth over the course of the years. And so we're thrilled to have you be part of our team. Thank you. Speaking of growth, right? So uh, one of the things that excited us when you uh, interviewed for this position is you used to work on a college campus. So can you, I, I guess it, it, I want to hear a little bit about um, how that experience was, what your path to Hopkinton Middle School was, and how the two are similar, if they are. Um, yes. So I worked for, gosh, it seems like it's over 15 years in higher education. I worked in large schools, public, private most recently, I was a bison uh, at Nichols College, and that was really exciting and was the director of residence life and judicial affairs. So ultimately, I worked my way up in residence life and judicial affairs until I got to that level. Um, we housed about a thousand students there. Uh, it was a very uh, exciting opportunity for me. I love working with college students. Uh, I was able to teach. Um, in higher education as well. And uh, life circumstance with my daughter changed and we couldn't make my commute work and made a family decision that I would stay home and um, be able to take care of my family that way. Uh, that's how I started subbing in Hopkinton Public Schools. And uh, so we moved to Hopkinton at that time as well. And uh, as I started working with students, I started to figure out who I could connect with really well and who I could see myself working long-term with. And I gravitated towards uh, middle school and high school students. And in many ways, I feel like middle school students are like my college freshmen. Uh, there's a lot of growth going on. Uh, it's a very exciting time. It's a very nerve-wracking time for them. Lots of questions being asked. And I loved working with the freshman population and uh, being able to kind of journey with them through graduation so uh it just seemed like a natural fit in middle school for me mm. so it's been it's been definitely a learning curve in that going from higher education to k-12 through there's a lot of stuff that i do not know but i think uh, i bring some experiences that other new teachers might not have and i bring a passion for working with students educating them and helping them navigate through who they are which is really one of the things I love doing. Yeah. And I think, you know, as those students who have traveled through Hopkinton schools, this is the first place where they are at a, at a location for more than two years. And so, you know, I, as a middle school teacher, educator now, administrator, um, <laughs> that's something that I really value is being able to, because I think sometimes we look at a sixth grader and we say, why are they not doing this or why are they doing mm -hmm. this? And, and I think that it's, you know, f from this seat, recognizing that it's a journey and, and that we're going to work on certain things in grade six and then grade seven and grade eight. And they're really not a middle school finished product until they're in eighth grade. And so I think that that's some of what excites me about being in the middle school level. So I'm thrilled that you were able yep. to bring that same lens uh, to this. What did you teach when you were in college? I, well, I taught intro introduction to business. Oh, so okay. I did, um, and I taught freshman seminars. So uh, similar to guidance, in the sixth grade, right. but geared towards um, freshmen as well as sophomore series, which was all about creating portfolios and preparing themselves for life outside of Nichols College. So, um, and then actually when I started, when I moved to Nichols, we left on great terms and I actually taught for a year and a half after I left Nichols as well. Um, and they've got a fantastic director right now mm. and she's she's doing great things over there as well. So I still try and keep in touch with all my Nichols friends. Nice. 
So speaking of teaching, uh, what are some of the things that excite you? What are some of the things that the kids get excited about? And Well, uh, right now we are knee-deep in deconstructing songs, which is just sort of a fancy way of saying picking apart and critiquing songs. And so I've loved hearing the students' insight into the songs that I've chosen. Uh, for my eighth graders, we've gone in depth to one song, which was originally written in 1964 and then um, re-released as a cover in 2016 and um, going from sort of Simon and Garfunkel to a heavy metal band called Disturbed. It's called The Sound of Silence. So we listen to the, we read the lyrics, we listen to the songs, and then we watch the video that Disturbed released, and we just talk about how media is constructed for a specific point of view, um, and whether they're true to their version of um, the end product. So that's been really, really cool. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, I change things up as I learn and grow, and so my seventh graders, this year are actually focusing on two songs and um, two different versions of the same song. So a swing version of a Post Malone song, which mm. is very new and, and what they're listening to now, as well as another song where we're doing the same thing. We're listening to two different versions and students get to analyze it and see if the message changes depending on who delivered the message and how they delivered it. Right. So it's really exciting to listen to their points of view. So they're kind of digging into that. So you mentioned Post Malone. Let's use, yeah. that, use that as yeah. an example, right? So they're, they're, I'm sure most of them are familiar with the Post Malone song. Yes. Uh, so they're kind of talking about like what Post Malone's message is in that. Yes. And instruments he chooses or like what does that look like? So, uh, well, they're actually trying to figure out the difference between the two. Okay. In that, so what vibe does um, the the swing version uh, give you? Yeah. Uh, Post Malone jukebox, what kind of vibe do you get from that? Um, and how does that change? So can a song be, when you slow it down, you turn it into a minor key, does it become sad? And um, and so how do you listen to that and how do you make sense of the song? And do you like it? Some of them, one of the things we talk about is how you can hear the same thing, you can watch the same movie, and two different people think two different things about it. One pe person could love it, one person um, not so much. And so you can make some uh, assessments about how you feel about each version and if one of them speaks more to you than the other. So yeah. uh, it's exciting stuff. Uh, and so related to that, right, so uh, fake news. Uh, so that ah. term came to, uh, at least as far as I'm aware of, uh, <laughs> with the last presidential election, uh, we started hearing fake news a lot. So um, are you talking about the credibility of news sources and those kinds of things? Is that something you dive into? Yeah, definitely. It's, it's one of the, it's a huge component of the seventh grade um, class uh, curriculum and how we sort of, I'm trying to focus on the idea of disinformation, which is a little bit different than the term fake news because we often throw that term around quite yeah. a bit and almost it becomes sort of a political football. Right. Like, no, you're fake news. No, I'm fake news. Um, so really looking at how do we analyze news? Is it credible? How do we ask questions? How do we make, sen make sense of it? Um, we talked about um, the recent vote in town and asked how, I asked students how they felt about it and if they felt about it because they did the research or because it was just the way it was discussed around the, the dinner table. And um, ultimately asking students to do your own research, you may come to the same exact place as your parents, um, but 
it's something that you've done. It's the research that you've done. It's how you feel about something. Same concept on fake news, trying to understand what's happening in our world. How do we decipher it? How do we ask questions? Um, how do we analyze whether or not it's actually truthful? And then, you know, what do we do with that information? Yeah. How does it impact us? And I think that's really important. And I know that I've been in the classroom before when you talk about um, um, advertising mm -hmm. and the impact that advertising has and who the market is and what show does this advertisement uh, tend to be on. Um, and when we started this course, it was originally called Digital Literacy because we were really focused on the internet because at that time it just seemed like that's where we needed to focus our energy. And, that, um, and now that information or at least how we look at information, whether it be Twitter or Facebook or whatever, uh, those venues are providing so much more of our news these days. I think it's, I think it's been a really important addition for us to be analyzing those messages. So thanks for what you're doing in that regard. Thanks. How long have you lived in Hopkinton? Six plus years. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were yeah. Here no, than Victoria that. started, my daughter started, um, we moved here right before fourth grade. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Good. And now she's in 10. Uh, so favorite thing about Hopkinton? Uh, I love the small town feel. I grew up in a larger city and my high school had almost 3,000 students in it. And, did you um, grow up in Massachusetts? Yeah, Fall yeah. River, Mass. Oh, you did? Okay. They're all fantastic Portuguese people live. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no offense to Milford next door. But um, so I grew up, all my brothers and sisters still live there. And um, I loved living there but I like the small town feel of Hopkinton as well and that most people do know each other and know their neighbors and act like they're friends and yeah. family so um, I like that that feeling that I got nice living here and what made you come here was it did you select it because of those things that you just described or was there some other compelling no, it was reason? that um, we also the school system attracted yeah. us as well quite a bit. So um, Victoria became in an age where we were looking at um, where she was going to go next for her schooling. And um, we landed on Hopkinton through some research and stuff. I actually interviewed the curriculum director at the time because I'm a higher ed nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so um, just to make a, an intentional decision about where we were going to go next. And we thought this was a great community for... Was it the elementary curriculum director or was it? do you remember who it was? Uh, she's not here okay. anymore. Yeah, um, Meredith Eckwell. It was probably. Meredith. Yeah. Yes, okay. absolutely. Right. Yeah. So uh, I was a curriculum director at one time. I'm like, oh my goodness, I hope that, was, I hope that wasn't <laughs> Did me. I know you? I no, know. no, no, it was Meredith. Okay. And right. uh, she, she impressed me. Yeah. And so I knew that this was a an environment that I wanted my daughter to learn in. Yeah. And um, that's when we just decided to look for houses and move here. Nice. And so along that line, um, so you you first, well, you mentioned substitute teaching, but then uh, last year uh, you took on the robotics team. Tell us about where you're at right now with robotics. Oh, robotics has been sort of exploded in size. It's doubled in size, really. Uh, we went from seven teams to 14 teams. Uh, we have over 90 students involved in robotics. Uh, a good two-thirds of it is sixth graders, so I don't know what Hopkins is doing, uh, but they're doing great things, and they're encouraging STEM, which is fantastic. Um, and so right now we have one competition under our belts, and we had two teams that actually qualified for Southern New England Regionals. Uh, so through Design 1715C, the Cool Cats won the Design Award, which is fantastic, and 17. 15P, the Power Pandas, uh, did a great job with their STEM project. And so they've both qualified for state 
regionals. Um, and we have another opportunity January 19th for our teams to qualify for that competition as well. So another opportunity for teams to on January 19th to qualify for the regional. For the regional. Okay, so that's not that's not out of the question. If they didn't qualify, they still have another opportunity. Absolutely. To do so. I see. And, I didn't realize that. Not only that, so say for example, 1715C, we'll use them as an example, but if 1715C won another award, obviously they can't go twice to yeah. Worlds or anywhere else, so um, or to regionals. And so they may choose from high scoring teams, teams that are working on their programming, their autonomous skills, um, they may choose to invite them to regionals. I so see. you not only can qualify, but you may also be invited to regionals. So mm. we're waiting to see. We have a large team, 14 teams. I don't know who's going to make it, but I'm going to keep my fingers crossed. They're working hard, and uh, we've got some impressive robots. So um, if you'd like to come and check us out, feel free. I will, yes. <laughs> so I know, um, and obviously uh, I've had Mr. Scott, Doug Scott, on the podcast before. I know you work really closely with him, and he's he's coaching the high school teams as well. Yes. Or okay. Yeah. And you and uh, and this last tournament was at the high school. Yes. The next one. Do you know the location? It of the will next also one? be at the high school. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. We we've grown, so we've grown even the our middle school program. When you say we, not only that, no, Hopkins this region. Uh, oh, the region. So this okay. region for robotics or VexIQ robotics. So our largest competition, I believe, was like sixteen teams last year, and last. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we hosted 34 VEX wow, IQ teams. Great. So his program, there are more opportunities elsewhere for scrimmages and competitions, but this is one of the big places for VEX IQ competitions. Okay. So we are going to change some things about how we actually, um, the logistics of the competition, but I, we could very well see another very large competition. Um, so it is free to the public, yeah. which is sort of a fun thing to see. And um, it's great to see how excited the students get about robotics and the competition. It's pretty cool. And so I apologize for my ignorance, but um, so robotics, so VexIQ is one organi organization that does robotics. There's other organizations out there, I assume? Yeah, there's a First Lego League. It's yeah, another okay, okay. large organization. So very similar yep. in, in type. It's just a different format. So VexIQ is the um, elementary middle school version of the VRC, which is the high school. Middle schools can compete in VRC. We, we choose not to, but yeah. they also can keep, compete against high schools. And then they have a college university, VEXU, which is college university version. Okay. So the REC Foundation coordinates all of those. Um, so it's just one particular challenge that, that the students face. So everybody who's competing in VEXIQ has the same exact challenge that they're all competing against. It's the large field perimeter you see in my classroom yes, that yes. Um, students will do that so the field will stay the same but the challenge itself will change so when you have your team meetings explain what happens so do you <laughs> give different challenges and the teams will work on those challenges so typically the teams will divide up uh, they balance a lot of different things so there's an engineering notebook component so they need to be able to Ultimately, the engineering notebook is so that somebody could conceivably replicate your robot. If something happened and you had to recreate it, they should be able to look at your notebook and make it identically. So uh, that's a huge responsibility. So challenging them to make sure that they're doing that accurately. Um, some are working on STEM projects. So different team members may be in different places. Some are working on the autonomous program I just mentioned. So that's... Um, 
entirely programmed so that same challenge needs to be completed without drivers. Mm. And so some people might be in a corner kind of working on the programming piece. Others, the drivers might be practicing. Uh, with such a large group, we've divided tasks, so they're all helping to uh, make sure that the team meeting runs smoothly with setup and, and getting stuff to the classroom, yeah. uh, to the cafeteria. Uh, because we're so large, we can only meet in the cafeteria. Uh, so, and then we do certain things. Miss um, Bailey Jones is actually one of the science teachers where she's giving everybody who's created a STEM video research project, she's going to give them feedback so that they can go kind of reconfigure what's going on, maybe uh, tweak their videos and um, be able to resubmit something in, Janu in January that's better than what they may have submitted in December. So we usually have a checklist of all the things you should be thinking about. Yeah. Prior to the competition, we might say, okay, this is what a design interview with the judges might look like. We ran the inspection station the day before our last competition, which was fantastic because some of them failed inspection <laughs> so they had they were so excited about tweaking something that they forgot about the size constraints of the robot so it was a good reminder that you still need to be thinking of all of the moving parts um, mm. in order to be successful in vex iq fabulous are you ready for your random uh uh on the spot question i'm, I'm not sure but i will take it okay <laughs> Uh, so, Pat, uh, what we'd like to know from you today is uh, if you put salary, money, wage to the side, if you could do any job for the rest of your life, what would it be? I don't know, because it's going to sound corny. I really wanted to be a teacher. Yeah. Um, and so either a teacher, perhaps a guidance counselor, uh, working with middle or high school students um, would be something that I would really appreciate doing. I love working with students. I think it's such a privilege to kind of walk with them through life for a little while and help them figure out who they are and ask themselves the serious questions. So um, everybody who knows me knows I like to bake and craft and all that other stuff. But um, this is the stuff that sort of feeds my soul, if yeah, you would. Yeah. Um, it makes me uh, feel like I'm kind of doing something important in the world. So. Um, I think I think I'd have to say that. Yeah, not cheesy or corny right. or whatever you said. It's, it's a it's a nice answer, uh, and I know that I know that Mister um, um, Tommy was able to sample uh, your lasagna, which she said <laughs> which she said was uh, delicious. Um, so it sounds like you also, in addition to baking and crafting. This oh yeah, wow, nice, very good. Uh, so thanks for joining us, Mrs. Allen. Appreciate it. Thanks for your time. Well, thank you for having me. Well, as you can hear, uh, Pat has a lot of passion a lot of expertise and devotes a lot of her time to media literacy and to robotics. And so we're thrilled to have her as part of the Hopkinton Middle School team and hope that you learned uh, a few things about robotics and media literacy as well as Pat. Due to scheduling conflicts, this episode as well as the student episode are going to be released at the same time for the month of December. Hopefully you got an opportunity to listen to the student episode for the month of November. This month, they're going to be taking on the cafeteria. I look forward to hearing from you and talking to you in January when we'll be talking to Dr. Mitch Ablett, the author of several books who presented to our staff uh, earlier this year. And at any time, I always welcome your feedback and comments directed to me at akeller at hopkinton.k12.ma.us. Thanks. Thanks.